Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Zang. Joyce, it's the moment we've been waiting for. Our final Oscar predictions. Final. Final. Until <laughs> Sunday night, probably. Uh, we're going to do every category, all 23 categories, and we're going to do them in a minute. But first, we're going to start with two fun things, Joyce. Uh, Michelle Yeoh's Instagram caption and a, brutal, a few bu- brutally honest ballots as we have Oscar voting has finally closed. Yeah, so today is Wednesday. Yes. Um, March 8th, International Women's Day. Yes. Yes. What are you doing uh, to celebrate? Yeah, so there'll, there'll definitely be more ballots before Sunday, but yes. as it stands right now, we have a few from last night, Tuesday, the second that voting closed. <laughs> Immediately set for eight o'clock on the dot or five o'clock on the dot, excuse me. Um, well, eight o'clock for us. Yeah. Five o'clock for, for Pacific time. Yeah. And then, you know, um, the best actress race got, gotta have drama right up until the last minute. Just like a last second Hail Mary for Michelle Yeoh posting a Vogue article about how, uh, now's the time basically like a kind of an honor, the man, honor, the film, uh, type, uh, proposal for her. It was, um, I love the whole sequence of events because she initially, um, in the wee hours of Tuesday morning, just storied the article. It was yes. in her stories with like the headline. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, like, that's awesome. You know, she's going for a last minute campaign. Like, yeah, awesome. I love that. We love campaigning. Yeah. And then, um, you know, by like Tuesday afternoon, she did an actual post with her, uh, her carousel with highlights yes. from the article. Yes. The, the um, article was from Vogue, Joyce, it was headlined, it's been over two decades since we've had a non-white Best Actress winner, period. Will that change in 2023? Yeah. So then, yeah, she had screen grabs from the article uh, in the carousel. Uh, and then people latched on to one of the slides. So this slide said, yeah, one of the, this was one of the, I think maybe the third or fourth slide it was uh, again, quoting the article. Detractors would say that Blanchett's the stronger performance, that the acting veteran is indisputably incredible as the prolific conductor, Lydia Tarr. Love, love all those words. Incre- indisputably incredible as the no, prolific conductor. No, thesaurus.com. Can't wait. Uh, but it should be noted that she already has two Oscars, the, the, the article read, and then a third would perhaps confirm her status as an industry titan 
but considering her expansive and unparalleled body of work, are we still in need of yet more confirmation? Meanwhile, for Yo, an Oscar would be a life change. Would be life changing. Her name would be forever preceded by the phrase Academy Award winner, and it should result in her getting meatier parts after a decade of being criminally underused in Hollywood. That's the article quoting. So. Um- a lot of things happening in that passage very funny because it said a uh, decade singular it was like michelle's been around for decades um and if you're just her uh profile in the u.s tomorrow never dies was 1997 right <laughs> more than a decade ago project mm-hmm. <laughs> tiger was 2000 more than a decade ago yes <laughs> um but yeah obviously film twitter lost its mind well, because as we learned from when we when we spent a lot of energy talking about Andrew Riseborough, whose uh, film to Leslie shared an article, I believe, about uh, again saying similar Quoting things. Richard Roper, and again, um, it it referenced Kate Blanchett. Everybody, everybody, again, just dragging Kate Blanchett for trying to win a third Oscar. Basically, like, hey, Kate's great, but what about this other person? We don't need to keep giving Kate an Oscar. Kate must be sitting there like when Frances McDormand was in, in three Oscars, nobody was talking about this shit. Why am I getting this? But there you go. Uh, so anyway, we learned that's against the rules. Is a member of uh, to to cite other competitors, right? Is against the rules. Uh, on social media. So Michelle Yeoh ended up deleting that uh, Instagram post uh, shortly after people were getting mad online. Yeah, it was up for a couple of hours. And then uh, just, you know, just watching everyone capitulate and then watching a lot of people who were so pressed about the To Leslie campaign that wasn't even, you know, that Andrea wasn't even part of really because she's not on social media or like she has an Instagram that's been inactive for years. Right. Um, but people were mad about that. And then people are trying to um, defend Michelle posting this. And to be clear, I have no problem for posting it. Um, I don't either. I, yeah, I don't like I don't care. But I don't care about uh, that. that it, it probably was a, um, uh, you know, a poor judgment call to post that particular passage if you didn't want to incite assholes on the internet coming for you. Right. And- <laughs> I totally agree with that. And I didn't care, honestly, when I, I don't think that's a, I don't think these, that rule is really, I don't think the spirit no, it's of a that fake rule. rule, it's a fake rule, but I don't even think the spirit of that rule is being violated here. I think the rule is written, written. So somebody could be like, you know, who sucks? Kate Blanchett. And you yeah, know like who Michelle Yeoh did me? not say that herself. Right. And <laughs> I don't, and even the article doesn't say that, right? Like, it's just, it's like, I think we're like kind of gilding the lily a little, but obviously if you were mad about Andrew Riseborough's campaign doing it, you should be mad about Michelle Yeoh's campaign doing it. And there seemed to be a little bit of a disconnect there, maybe. In yeah, the- just because a lot of people obviously want Michelle to win. So it's right. like, oh, of course you'd be posting this. And again, Fine. totally fair for her to be posting it. I don't care. Post whatever you want. But um, it, she, I'll, I'll put it this way. She would not have, to have had to delete that post if she didn't include that slide. No. Um, but I, also, I don't think people care. And it was, well, it was the end of No, voting, nothing I'm happened. Not sure. The internet is not real. It's no. not a real place. Um, or even if it is, uh, I'm like, Oscar I don't voters- think- on the last day of Oscar voting, they do not have um, Instagram alerts for Michelle Yeoh's posts. Uh, there's a there's a funny thing going on right now where we think the Academy of 9,700 people or 9,600 people are largely uh, old and out of touch. And yet we also think they're so extremely online, they're paying attention to like the minutia of Instagram posts from stars. I don't believe either of those things are necessarily true, but it is funny that there is that disconnect happening. So... Yeah, like everything, like whatever happens in the moment, um, everyone thinks it's like the biggest deal ever and this affects everything and it doesn't. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was that. And then we had anonymous ballots choice. Uh, Love the, it. Br- Love the THR as usual, the brutally honest ballot. 
immediate disagree for my for my for me. The Top Gun script was probably the weakest, and the Andrea Riseborough nom felt very mafia ish. But uh, this person did offer the best line, um, yes. saying uh, he watched to Leslie and he said Andrea was great, but not greatest of all time as Kate Winslet lied to me. Amazing, love that. I will say one thing I noticed about this is that I think we've become accustomed to these brutally honest ballots to being uh, tone deaf on race to incredibly offensive on race at the at the maximum, right? Like usually like they're just saying the most offensive things about these nominees and movies. And I think the expectation was for a lot of this year that, oh, everything everywhere is really polarizing and people don't like it. And I was expecting these anonymous ballots to be like, the movie sucks and blah, blah, blah. And this guy has it number one, right? Even with a lot of like, you know, how, whatever you want to say, I'm like, oh, even the brutally honest ballots are in the tank for everything everywhere. Basically, that was my takeaway from a lot of these. I mean, I don't think like a lot of people hate it. Like, no. I think like it's always the the hatred for the film or or like the perception that is super polarizing, which to be fair, like very early on, last year in the film's very embryonic stages of its Oscar campaign like it did seem like that was a possibility but it's Certainly. been clear over the past few months that no. like people like this movie and sure like even if it's not your cup of tea I think a lot of them also respect what it's like trying to do like its ambition um but I'm sure in the coming days we'll have a few more that um will just be railing against it but I did love that this person, this voter, who is a member of the short films and feature animation branch, did not watch all the animated feature nominees. It's great. And still voted. Why not? Uh, so that's, the, that's the kind of level, again, you're thinking of here, when you're like, we're really, really taking care to think about all these things. And then sometimes people are either just fully abstaining from votes, which could happen. I love when people abstain. Uh, the variety ones, there's like seven of them. A lot of uh, people abstaining, yes. especially from the shorts. <laughs> a lot of abstaining. So then you're talking about even smaller margins for victory. Uh, I think what you the other thing, reading these ballots, another thing that stands out. And like you said, like we know the industry loves everything everywhere, right? Like we've seen that proven at every Guild Award uh, ceremony this year. Uh, but the one thing I noticed is that in this one talking about the Daniels as best director and and this the THR anonymous ballot said with limited resources was the thing that stood out to me because I think people are really impressed that this is like an indie movie basically that was made for whatever you want to say whether it was like really like 30 million or 25 million whatever number they're saying you don't have the budget of even like probably the Fablemans right or something like big and and period or whatever and the amount of uh, material they were able to get on such a small relatively small budget I think stands out and they're kind of like feel basically like it seems like people think they like or it feels like they cobbled it together right and like kind of did it from their bootstraps and I guess that's also appealing for people in the industry right like it's like people like that this movie was such a success even if they don't love the movie yeah um I mean a lot of the support for the film beyond you know you just liking the film for its merits is narrative driven right. for the film itself and the people involved too so all right joy so should we do our predictions now uh i'm gonna do these live we're doing them live we're doing reverse order so we're gonna start with best live action short and go all the way to best picture so if you're watching this and we're like i don't give a shit just skip to the end because we'll we'll put timestamps. but you should really stick no there's no suspense for best picture really <laughs> there's no suspense really but you should really stick around because this is where i think you can make or break your oscar pool 
I would say in the, in the lower categories. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of categories up in the air, Joyce here. It's not, there's so very are, tight categories. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to start with best live action short. Here are the nominees an Irish goodbye, Evolu, Les Pupelles, Night Ride, and the Red Suitcase. And Joyce, I have the an Irish goodbye winning. Uh, I'm going to do that too. So Les Pupelles is the favorite and produced by Alfonso Cuaron. And uh, people have been really heavily predicting it. But I get the sense it's a little like it ends, it, it's a little uh, not weird, but it's like. Uh, you know, it kind of ends on an ambiguous note. Yeah, and um, an Irish goodbye is just very crowd-pleasing. Yes. And very funny. Um, and I actually, I want to put the red suitcase in second instead of Le Pipele. Nice. Because um, that one, it's, it's, uh, it's very, I guess, suspenseful. Right uh is a good word for it too um and i think one of the not not that i'm going to change my prediction based on an anonymous ballot but i think that one of them voted for it you was it the thr guy one? not the thr one the thr one i think did lay pupel someone did i don't know there's too many of them right now let me see but oh no he did do red suitcase yeah oh yeah um, red suitcase, yeah no but i think um, Irish goodbye is um it's it's kind of like banshees in a way. Right. That's what I was that's what I was kind of thinking. And I just think it's like pound for pound, it's probably the best of these shorts. Yeah, and I could see them like I think if you watch them, I think more people would um respond to an Irish goodbye than late Papella. So that's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I don't know. I think people might watch these. I don't also don't think that there's like, I know they definitely had Alfonso Cuaron out there. So, I mean, like it could just, he could, they, this could just win because people are like, yes, like we know him kind of thing. Yeah. And it's on Disney plus. Um, but yeah, like it could just be a name check. Correct. Thing. But I don't so. know if it will be because he's not the star. Well, no but you know what i mean like if it was like that he's like on screen right no but i mean you know what i mean like if it was like starring a famous person like you maybe would default to that movie but but even though he's like the biggest name in the category let's say like i don't think they're just going to default to him i don't know no. um and also an irish goodbye is in english and they usually favor english language mm -hmm. films here all yeah. right next up was uh the best documentary short joyce the nominees are the elephant whispers Haul out. How do you measure a year? The Martha Mitchell effect and Stranger at the Gate. This one is actually an incredibly tough category. I think you can make a really strong argument for maybe all five of these, at least three of them. I ended up going Stranger at the Gate because while she would not win an Oscar, I think the fact that Malala is out there campaigning will make people think she could win an Oscar, a Kobe Bryant style, even though he did win an Oscar, I guess. Uh, and so I have Stranger at the Gate winning. That's a long way around to say it. I have been thinking about Stranger at the Gate for weeks because it feels like another two distant strangers and mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> not the best one here. Um, and it's um, 
kind of manipulative and the structure of it, um, you know, uh, I would, um, I have some notes on it, but I think it's the most um, politically charged. Yes. And that's something that voters respond to. Um, and then like these other ones, um, I like haul out the best, but I don't think that's going to win because it's kind of like a little too abstract for it and doesn't handhold you. Um, and yeah, these other ones, how do you measure a year? That's, you know, like, uh, a lot of people cry over that one. Mm -hmm. That was, I really almost picked that and elephant whispers because of the emotional factors, but I don't know. Elephant whispers. Um, it's, it's very cute and sure. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so what did you end up going with? I, well, my problem is, is that I could possibly end up going against the odds in all three of these. Right. So I'm just like, do I want to go against the odds in all three or like play it safe with um, the favorite in one of these? I went against, uh, spoiler, I went against the odds in all three. I know, because that's what I'm leaning right yeah. now, like against the odds on all three. Right. Because I also think like a lot of reason why um these films are in number one is because no one really watches these. Like right. one nomination come out and then you're just like filling out your ballot. And it's like, okay, I'll just like drag this over. Yep, exactly. And then right. it, when, once enough people, you know, like the first hundred people or whatever uh, make their predictions, it creates the odds in order. And then when future people do it, they just drag it over and they right. don't think about it. So. Right. Um, I'll do Stranger at the Gate for nice. now. I, I don't. I think this one. If I had to guess, I think this one. I'll. It will be the very highest probability of getting wrong. I just think you can make an argument for all of them. How do you measure a year? Is not incredibly serious. Like it's about a guy talking to his daughter over tw fifteen or eighteen years. Uh, but like you said, like it makes people. It made me cry. I was like, you know, I think people will enjoy it, even though it doesn't really say a whole lot and it's not incredibly profound. Uh. Elephant Whispers is on Netflix. It's probably the most widely seen of these, I would argue. And then Stranger at the Gate. I just think because Malala has been everywhere, I think that puts it over the top, at least from a visibility standpoint. As we've seen, like you said, in the THR, I mean, in the variety ones, I think they have seven ballots, and I think only one of them maybe actually picked the shorts. They're all abstained, it seems. <laughs> so it's like, I don't think people are really voting for these even the thr one where the guy did watch them he was like they're so bad i just abstained in documentary short that was his take i mean fair are so boring i didn't even vote for one and i watched them he took time to watch them and did not even vote for one so when you're talking about that i think it's like i don't know there's going to be a very small margin of error here and i think it could be any of these really but i'll go with stranger at the gate because i think in the end malala is there and i think if people are like struggling with what to pick here they might just be like well i did get to shake malala's hand at the luncheon so maybe i'll, I'll vote for her again i think it's also like the easiest one to respond to and it it also like basically has like a twist right <laughs> in the film um yeah um i don't know next up we have best animated short uh, let me find the nominees. Those are The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and the Horse, The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. And Joyce, I'm going with My Year of Dicks on title alone, uh, but I also think it's pretty good and it might be the best of these. 
and I think it could really win. It's it's third in the odds, I believe, and then, so that's another long like, like just a hail mary. And I know everyone is picking the boy, the mole, and fox, and the horse. And Ice Merchant is really coming on, but I'm gonna go you my year of dicks. Um, you know, one of my tactics is to just go with the best title, but we have two great titles here. We have two great titles, but I think one is more, it's a superior title. And um, so I feel like that could just split the cool title vote. True. <laughs> um, I I think I'm going to go with Ice Merchants, um, yeah. not just because it's my favorite, um, but I think it's kind of like the platonic ideal of what they usually go for in this category. Mm-hmm. Cause they don't like the boy is like targeted at kids, but these other ones aren't really. And ice merchants is like kid adjacent. Cause there's a kid involved, you know? Um, but, uh, and uh, also gorgeously animated. Um, and it is short. Um, it's like 14 minutes and boy is very long for short it's let me see it's 30 something i I gotta say it might be targeted for kids but i didn't even want try to watch that with my daughter and uh i can't imagine her making through it because yeah it's 34 minutes and i just feel like so it's been like 15 years since um a a short longer than like 15 minutes or something has won here yes um and i feel like this maybe also tripped up Robin Robin last year, uh, which was like heavily predicted to win. And that was also like 30 something minutes. So I, yeah. and like, boy, I think the story itself, like, like you said, you didn't watch it with your daughter. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like you might be a little checked out before you reach the end. And then like the, it's very dialogue heavy too. And then the, it's, the dialogue is also kind of like coying. Um, yeah, I, and then combine it with the length. So I don't know if people are watching this, if they're going to get through it. Like I, we said this on Sunday at the, in our live WGA show, but I was like, I mean, Apple has done a great job promoting it. It's definitely the most noisy of these nominees. And one of the most noisy nominees, I would say of the year, it's just, I get nothing but emails about it. And it seems like they've done a lot of events and I think it's a beautiful, well-made film, but like, it, again, it's probably like um, pound for pound, like the best animated one out of all of these. And I think the the score is like as good as some of the Oscar nominated scores. Frankly, it's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, uh, sister, Isabel Waller-Bridge did the music. It's a beautiful music, but I just think it's too long. And like you said, I just think it's maybe for grownups a little cloying and you'd have to be in the right mindset to be so uncynical watching it. And I'm not sure at this stage in the race, people are uncynical about all this. So I just think that maybe it won't win. And I think Ice Merchants is people really, really like it. That's another one. So I think that could win, but I'm going my year of dicks just because I'm like, man, the it's just the best title. I think it's better than the ostrich one. Like no one is going viral talking about the ostrich one, but the my year of dicks went viral at the nominees because of Riz Ahmed. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's it, also like, because of the way he said it. True, but like everybody knows that movie, I think. I think most people would know it. And I think if they watch it, they would also really like it. So yeah, it's a that. it's a good um, film yeah. too. Um, and I think that one is like 20 something. Yeah. So yeah, that's also um, a little bit on, the, it's 24 minutes. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, on the long side for them. Yeah. So uh, I can't wait to go over three in these. Uh, so I know because usually I don't go against the favorite in all three, but it might just end up that way. 
And usually I, this is, I have not looked this up. So I always feel like I do go with the favorites and I'll go one for three because there's almost never going to be three favorites winning. And so I feel like why not this year, just go against all the favorites and see what happens. I mean, last year's Oscars was so boring because they, it was like all chalk except for this category because windshield wiper won. It was, this was the only upset and we didn't even see it live. (laughs) Uh, for best international feature, that's up next, Joyce. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl, and I have All Quiet on the Western Front. I have nothing to say. Nothing to say. First of what I feel like will be a few Oscars for this movie, but congratulations to Edward Berger in Germany for All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, another one to Nothing to Oh, this one we'll do, I guess, Documentary next and then Animated Nothing to Say. But Documentary, uh, the nominees are All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Nalvani. And I have Nalvani winning. Yeah, I don't really have anything to say about this either. <laughs> I don't either. I really wanted to pick Fire of Love. I think it's like the best story and also like the most well-made. And it obviously has like a lot of affection in the industry because Sarah Dosa won at the w, uh, the DGA Awards and I think it won at the Ace Awards, right? Was that where it won? Yeah, but that makes sense. It's a lot of archival footage. You know? And I think Nalvani is like, we said like a political statement and the win means something and people have obviously seen it because it was like on CNN and HBO Max. And so I have Nelvani winning. Uh, not much else to say, right? Yeah, like it won PGA and BAFTA. And like I've said before, um, it like it reminds me of like Icarus. Yeah. Um, it's like a combo of Icarus and my octopus teacher. Yep. <laughs> Uh, for animated feature, like we said, another one to go quickly, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcella Shell, Puss in Boots, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio will win. Congratulations to him. Okay, so now we're up to best song. Oh, no, sorry. Best visual effects. Another one that doesn't actually have any anything going on. Uh, best visual effects. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Batman, Black Panther, and Top Gun, and I have Avatar winning. The lockiest lock of the night. That is absolutely the biggest lock, without question. Uh, next up, best sound. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. And while I toyed with All Quiet Joyce, I do have Top Gun Maverick winning. Well, you finally came back around. I was, did. Was it the the cast win? Yes, it was. I also As just I think it would win. <laughs> It's also just not going to not win something. I just feel like it will win. I think people really like the movie. And I think when they're going down the list, while obviously the sound in All Quiet on the Western Front is amazing, and I think Elvis would win if there was a sound mixing category, like for sure. Uh, But overall, I think when you're watching Top Gun Maverick, if you saw it in the theater, you were like, this is awesome. And you'll remember the sound a lot, as silly as that is. And I just think that's going to put it over the top. Yeah, I've always had Top Gun here, and I don't think All Quiet will stomp as hard here as it did at BAFTA, and this is, like, one of the categories it could drop here. I I agree. I actually have a drop. I dropped it a lot of places. I'm just not sure the BAFTA support will translate over. I know there's, like, obviously, like, there is a lot of overlap, and, like, we've seen in the past, like, BAFTA presage, like, Oscar upsets or Oscar-like runs, but... I'm not sure there's a strong affinity for that as strong of, or there's not a lot of passion for that movie. And I think there was passion for these other movies more, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. And I'll, well, it's also, 
like a disconnect between what um international voters might like and not like and domestic voters might like and not like like i think it's clear everything everywhere and top gun are more liked in america yeah than abroad right and the brits are just obsessed with war <laughs> and war movies right so it could just be a um bafta thing but i think like i'm trying to between like all quiet doing so well at bafta and everything everywhere killing the guilds like i'm trying to find the happy medium in between for both of them at the oscars because i don't think either are going to overperform like they did at these other places when we meet in the middle with a mix of um you know uh international people in ampis and then just a more exclusive group of ampis voters not like the guilds i have like hundreds of thousands of voters you know and so and also like we've always said like everyone votes for the winners so i do think that affects this like if you're in, like the acting branch has got like a thousand members right or whatever of the 9600 academy members i'm i'm sure actors love tom gunn like they love tom cruise it's clear like that he there's an affection for him as a performer and i think like when you think about that it's like yeah like international voters might not have liked, liked top gun but if you're like an actor you're probably like hell yeah top gun ruled and maybe you're like all oh, quiet fine but like i love top gun you know, like that kind of thing. I think there's a little more basicness to the Academy as we've seen in the past. And maybe like All Quiet is a little more, uh, not sinuous, but like not like a little more highbrow maybe. I don't know. I don't think it's highbrow because it's a it's a, a very like basic war movie too. But right. I think it's hard to, the problem with it is it's, it, it broke so late that it's hard to gauge um, where it's at relative to everybody else like all these other contenders who we've been seeing performing at these other places all season. Right. Because I'm sure if All Quiet broke out like immediately in October when it dropped on Netflix, it like probably would have made a couple of these skills. It probably would have made PGA instead of, you know, like Class Onion, no offense. Yeah, no, that could be true. That could be true. But yeah, um, I just... Like, we just don't have any data to go off of after BAFTA because it was MIA and all these other places. So then it's like, are people checking it out? It seems like they are, you know? I mean, and it's, it's, it's not like a hard movie to get behind. <laughs> with no, its but I, I just think like, especially here in the, and I'll, my picks kind of reflect this and maybe this will be wrong and I'll do terribly, but like, I think you end up gathering like a strong amount of momentum going into voting. And I just feel like at least anecdotally or just in the ether that while obviously like Pete Hammond was like, man, I talked to people, they love all quiet and he picked it to win best picture. Uh, and he's out there talking to Academy members. I don't get the sense though, that there's like a lot of momentum for it. Whereas I think there is for, well, that's what I mean. Movie. Like you just, we can gauge his momentum. Cause it was, I don't think it would have gotten in at SAG anyway, but we watch everyone watch SAG win. So you're like, oh my god like everything everywhere right on four sag awards but like like are you can you hold that against all quiet when it broke so late and I, you don't know where it stands do you actually think though that even if people were there is momentum for it do you think people are passionate about it like i just it's not a movie that generates passion i would say i i do think some people do like it like i yes. think it's 
like their favorite movie over these other ones. I do think that's the case for some of them. Um, I mean, I'm not picking it to win best picture. I'm just saying we just don't know like how strong it is or how weak it is. Like it could be dying right now. We just don't know. Right. (laughs) Like we would, if, if it had lost all these other, it did lose um, like the craft guilds, um, you know, like it lost like sound to, or like cast to like Top Gun and stuff. But like if it were at the top guilds um, and a boss, like we can def- not definitively, but we can just point to that and be like, see, it couldn't perform on Fraternity Ballot. Right. Like we don't have any information on whether it can or not. Like the first time we'll be seeing it perform is on Sunday. Right. <laughs> so it's like we we don't know where it stands. So right. I just I think that's what makes it tricky to say like how many it could win. Um, but again, I don't think it'll win seven uh, as it did at BAFTA and I already can't win one of the categories because it's not nominated <laughs> there. Uh, next up is Best Original Song Choice. The nominees are Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Not To Not To from RRR, and This Is A Life from Everything Everywhere All At Once. And this one has really torn me up too, Joyce, and I've ended up with Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I don't know what to do here. And I know I've said that for weeks and months and I might just stick with RRR. I don't know. Like, I don't know who to go to. Okay. So RRR is the favorite. Everyone is just assuming it's going to win because everyone loves the movie online and they love not to not to, and Hey, maybe it'll win, but it just would be such a strange, it it just feels like it'd be such a strange winner. I think there's no, it's not a best picture nominee. It's not movie that was like widely embraced by the Academy, obviously where it missed in areas where maybe it could have gotten shortlisted. Even it didn't get shortlisted. Uh, and I don't know. I just think like, I, I think you can make a case for four of the five and maybe even the Diane Warren song as well, but I'm going to go Top Gun Maverick because I think again, it's the biggest movie of this group. And while everything everywhere is obviously a beloved best picture nominee, that song is not incredibly memorable or recognizable. And the hold my hand song is like pretty great and like factors into the movie in different ways. And it runs over the credits and people I think will stick for the credits. Cause it's like love credits that show the people. I'm a big fan of that going back to the movie and showing like clips of the people in the movie. It's great. Uh, anyway, that's what I got. You mean exactly what it did in the first movie. <laughs> yeah. Great. Now the first movie didn't win best song, so maybe and it's obviously dangerous. Um, I don't think favorite. it won sound either. I don't think so, right? What did it win? Top Gun Oscar. So did I don't think so. Um no, it didn't it didn't win song. It didn't win sound. That's that's what, it. That's, that's, what it, that's it. Yeah. Right. Sound. Yeah, sound was platoon. Right. It did win song. I'm sorry. And it lost yeah. sound. So um, I am winning song and sound. I, it'll be funny if Gaga wins and um, she, as of right now, is still the only one not performing. <laughs> Just iconic. So. Too busy making um, Joker. They're shooting it till April, I think, Joyce. She has enough time for this. I also love it because, you know, when it was announced that she was doing the song for the movie, people were like, oh, she's going to deliver another incredible campaign. And she has campaigned zero times. <laughs> So I love it if she would just win this uh, doing nothing. I just feel um, like they don't need to campaign because everyone saw the movie. 
You know what I mean? Like you don't need no, to. Like do she doesn't need to do anything. You don't need <laughs> like, to campaign at all. Like everybody knows the movie. No, nobody and, did not watch Top Gun, so you don't need to campaign. And it's uh, just like, you know, she's also already won this category before, so like I don't think she cares, and I think she knows like Top Gun is about Tom Cruise. Yeah, I I don't know. I <laughs> like, like not I said, her. I, I I just went with Top Gun because I was like, it's not the strongest best, best picture nominee here obviously everything everywhere is but it's one of two best picture nominees here and i think of those two songs it's a stronger song and so i think it would win that's my rationale basically yeah i might have something different by sunday because i i've already i've said a billion times why i feel like not to not to will not win <laughs> but i don't know who to go to because there's good arguments for Three of them, I think, is Lift Me Up still in second? I think so. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's just like people wanting Rihanna to win an Oscar. So I thought about that and I was like, it's Rihanna winning an Oscar. Plus it's obviously a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. And like, I don't think they care about that. Well, if they did, that would be a reason to do it. Right. Like, it's like the whole song is about like, it's playing over the emotional, like end of the movie and stuff. And like, you're kind of like, oh man. It's playing over the credits. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I, I I could see it. Honestly, I could see it winning too, just whatever. But like, I don't know. I, this I think is a real toss up category. Yeah. And then. Yeah, like everything everywhere we've talked about, like how it could win just because it's the strongest film. Um, Kind of like fight for you did two years ago. But, you know, that also had um you know no offense to david byrne but like it was by her yes who is like an awards magnet in the industry um you know befuddling to some people Mm -hmm. too (laughs) so i don't know if like it's the same case with this is a life and yeah like hold my hand um has like the like the pop star and it's a bigger movie than yeah rr so i don't know i'm talking in circles here <laughs> so you're gonna stick with rr basically until sunday and then change it i know but again i don't know what to change it to it's a tough category i don't know i'm i'm, I'm prepared to get it wrong if rr won it would be cool if top gun won, i mean i would be interested honestly all of these winning would be fun so like for different reasons so i'm in for whatever wins but i just can't pick rr i don't I don't believe that the Academy liked the movie as much as film Twitter. Same. That's what, how um, I feel too. I just don't know who to go to. Right. And um, what if Diane wins? It would be awesome. She actually could win from this category. I honestly believe that because it's like, there's no real slam dunk winner. And while her song is kind of anonymous and no one's really heard of the movie, uh, why not? Right. Like it could be the year that she wins finally, because she obviously won an honorary Oscar earlier this year. There, I think in like some of the variety ballads, like a, several of them abstain from this category. <laughs> Which is another reason why Diane Warren could win, I think, because I'm like, it's going to be a smaller margins, right? She doesn't need as many. I've movies. always said, I think she would have won a competitive Oscar by now if it was just the music branch voting, because they're Certainly. the ones who get her the nomination. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, next category is best score. Uh, the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Ever All at Once, and The Fablemans. This is tearing me up, Joyce, because you know I want to pick Babylon. I got the 4K in the mail. Uh, 
yesterday here it is i saw your instagram story and i rolled my eyes so fucking psyched to rewatch it in 4k uh but i'm going all quiet on the western front uh here uh i'm gonna do that too um it's hard because babylon has the most music as most of music, it's won the most of everything. Like it, pound for pound, everything it's won, you would add it up and be like, it's obviously going to win the Oscars based on historical context. Well, I mean, it lost Critics' Choice to Tar, which was ineligible here. Right. Um, and I didn't say it won lost, everything, but it's won It lost BAFTA to All Quiet. So, but I think like the, the, the three notes of the All Quiet score, that motif, I think just sticks in people's heads. And as we saw, like the Academy didn't really like Babylon. If it was a more like movie, I think it would have a better shot. And while it's definitely the most music, it's like two hours of music. And I think the music is incredible. It's also a little derivative of La La Land. And he already won for La La Land. And so I, I just think that there's a world where that they're, I, I think All Quiet would win in that capacity. I think there's just enough support for the movie. And like you said, it won a BAFTA. I don't know. I have everything everywhere in third. If everything ever is going to like sweep like a crazy sweep, it would actually win this category. <laughs> uh, but I don't think it will. So it's um, yeah, like this category also favors um, best picture nominees and it's Babylon is the only one here that's not a best picture nominee. So like since the preferential era, only two movies have won this without a best picture nomination. One of them was Soul for obvious reasons. And then the other one was um, The Hateful Eight, also for obvious reasons. And I don't think <laughs> the they, obvious reasons are here for Perwitz. And then like the makeup of those categories too also um, lacked uh, best picture contenders or strong best mm -hmm. picture contenders, which is not the case here. And, um, and yeah, this is also a rematch between Justin Horwitz and Volker Bertelman. Yeah. Um, who also goes by Hoshka, who yeah. was nominated for Lion when Justin won. So uh we could have we could even the score here. I think we will. I really do. I don't know. I mean, I you could make the case. I saw somebody was suggesting like Carr Burwell uh, as a top contender here. Would love yeah. to see it. Love to see him, but I'm not sure that's an actual reality. Um, but if he won, it'd be great. That's a great score, and he's obviously a legend. So what about John Williams? So I don't think so at all, honestly. He's definitely not been shy about campaigning, which is cool. Um, but like we said, I think the most, I don't know if people care, like pay attention to this, but like the most memorable part of the movie is not his score, right? It's like the Bach song or piece. So I'm just like, I don't think people are like remembering the Fableman's music. I think they're remembering the Bach music that is arranged. It's also not a lot of music. Right. Um, so I don't think which, he's going to... Which was like his his goal. Like he didn't want a lot of music right. in the movie. Yeah, I'm not... So it I'm would just sure. be a legacy win if he were to win. And I don't think he needs a legacy win for this. No, and then he also, you know, has been saying like, actually, I'm not retiring. Just kidding. Correct. So maybe for Indiana Jones 5, we'll go back and do more. But I don't think for now uh, he will win. So we'll and I mean, but this is the only spot that Failments can legitimately win something. Yes. Uh, next up is best production design. Let me find that category. Hang on. Hang on. I'm scrolling. There we go. The nominees are all quiet on the Western front. Avatar, Babylon, Elvis, and the Fablemans. And I have Elvis winning. 
Um, I'm going to go with Babylon, which has so, won basically everything. It has won basically everything. But again, the reason why I didn't pick it for score is the same reason I didn't pick it here. I understand it won everything, but I don't think people like the movie. And I think the Academy doesn't like the movie. And the Academy is voting for this. And I think Elvis is like a beloved movie by the Academy and the industry. People really like it. And I think that'll push it over the top. It is. And I do want to predict another double win for Catherine Martin. Love mm-hmm. Catherine Martin. Yep. Um, but the Oscars also love old Hollywood. They do. Um, and I mean, it would be great if it won. I talked to Florencia Martin, Joyce. So I should talk to her too. You talked to her for licorice pizza. I did her for Babylon. Great. She was great. She should have an Oscar. Uh, um, and yeah. I mean, I, I expected Elvis to do better in this category throughout the season. Like I, I predicted Elvis at BAFTA to sweep the design categories because we know they love Boslarm in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still lost to Babylon. So, um, and you know, Babylon, beautiful sets, gorgeous sets. And mm-hmm. it's not like uncommon for a non best picture nominee to win something. So like if it's like the quote unquote best of the field. So it's not like it's going to win all three of its categories. It's not, it, it can win two. It can win two out of three. I mean, I would love it for it to win, but I don't think it will. I don't know. I'm, I'll root for Babylon, but I'm going to pick Elvis. Uh, Makeup and hair joys. That's next. Uh, that means are all quiet on the Western front, the Batman, Black Panther, Elvis, and the whale. And I have Elvis winning. Same kind of talked about this it usually goes with uh perhaps best actor or actress here and we have we probably both have the same best actor winner as we'll we'll discuss later um i think the whale is a technical achievement is remarkable but i don't think people are the academy at large really knows or understands that technical achievement maybe if it was just the branch voting it would win it's also just the brendan fraser uh makeup that you're voting for whereas elvis you're not only making austin butler look like elvis but you're doing all this period makeup and like all these real people that are like doing it and all the changing hairstyles i just think it's like a slam dunk yeah i've always felt that way about this i think like the whale's been in first this whole season but it always felt to me like the scope of elvis is so much bigger than just the fat suit and the whale yes um and it's also been winning, too. And the other thing is, again, not to put a fine point on it, but it feels like Elvis of these nominees is the most beloved movie. I guess we could say All Quiet maybe is, but I'm not actually sure that's true. Um, makeup in All Quiet is is pretty good. It is. And yeah. if it was going to have like a big night, it could win here, I think. And maybe we'd even have it in second ahead of The Whale, frankly. But I feel like it, it probably, I was talking to someone about this, or they, I was like, I feel like All Quiet probably finished second in makeup at BAFTA. <laughs> Not the I mean, whale. I think it probably did. I might have it in second in my picks too. Um, but yeah, there you go for film. Yeah, editing. and then so the Batman. I mean, like great Colin Farrell. Yeah, I guess the reason I didn't pick no, that one is again because it's like you're really just picking one. You know, it's like the Colin Farrell makeup is awesome. It's so good, but like the rest of the movie is just you know Batman in a mask and Catwoman in a in a mask basically. Uh, not a lot of. Not a lot of wrecking, like obvious makeup, where I like I think Elvis has like the most obvious makeup. Yeah, and it we didn't just even talk about so much uh, more time. Hanks. Right, we didn't even talk so, about the Tom Hanks transformation in makeup. 
So it's like the whale plus like all these other things because Tom Hanks is also in a in a wade suit. And people also know what these famous people look like. Yeah. A lot of these voters live through Elvis. Yep. Uh, next up, we have Best Film Editing. The nominees for this category are The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. And I have Everything Everywhere All at Once winning. Um, I do too. I'm going to break the sound editing stat. If Top Gun wins this and sound, then those two categories will just forever be linked. Like just give out one award. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think like everything ever has won too much. Let me ask you this. If it was two separate categories, everything ever would have gotten a sound mixing probably nomination, right? Yeah. Or sound editing. Which one would it have gotten, you think? It would have gotten mixing. And then Elvis would have been the favorite there to win because of the music. But is there a world where actually everything ever would have just won that too? No, I don't think it would have won that, but it would have just, this is why I hate that the sound categories are merged. Right. Um, because like it doesn't have a sound nomination, but it's one category now. So the last film to win um, like uh, editing without one is The Departed. Right. Also um, Best Picture. Um, and that was also kind of like an organic, uh, uh, not late, but like, you know, as we discussed on Oscars playback, Marty did not campaign really. No. And <laughs> so it could have definitely, it left a, a few nominations on the table, right. that film. Um, so yeah, I think like, if you think about it that way, if there were still two categories, I think everything everywhere would have gone into, um, mixing so, so it would have, still have had a sound nomination right. it just doesn't have one in the single category now so um yeah like it's it's just one too much and obviously editing is such a huge part of the movie uh i think that's all everything you said there is true and i think if it had the, if it was two sound categories and it was nominated everyone would feel a lot i mean every, it feels like everything everywhere is now the obvious pick but i mean like you said there you're History gives you pause, but I think if there were two separate categories, it would easily have another nomination, and then it would be a no-brainer that it would just win here whether it wins the other category or not. So that's why I'm like, no doubt that it's going to win to me, but. Yeah, I mean, and I think, like, I would love for Top Gun to win, too, just because it's it's great, like, action. Yeah, we know too. it's great. We yeah. know it's great, choice. And um, I also, was it the THR guy? I think it was the THR guy who like his comments about editing were basically about like the length mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like it's not just like about that but like, I think he he said like Tari needed like more editing yeah it's like you could have long movies that are well edited right we know that from like everything Scorsese has done I would say Wolf of Wall Street particularly great editing uh we need, next we need a comment from Thelma Next up is costume design. The nominees are Mary Zofries for Babylon, Ruth Carter for Black Panther, uh, Catherine Martin for Elvis, Shirley Carrada for Everything Everywhere, and Jenny Bevan for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And I have Elvis winning. Catherine Martin, Oscar number five. So reading those nominees, and the reason I read all the names, all of these people are legitimate legends in the field, right? And then Shirley Carrada is like a newcomer, let's say. 
Is there a world where actually she just wins here against four people who maybe have their own factions? And again, everything everywhere is beloved. It won a guild award already, obviously. And maybe it just kind of sweeps through and wins here. I mean, the movie would really just have to completely dominate to win this too. Um, I, I, let's I, just say, I have it in second. Let's just say, I don't, I don't think it's out of the question that it could win. No, I don't think so either. Um, and I, like when I did the costume guild predictions, I was like, it's winning. It's like Black Panther's not winning. I know I knew Black Panther wasn't first. I was like, it's not winning. It's Same. everything everywhere. They love this movie. <laughs> yeah. And also like you could go through, I mean, like, like I said, all these people are incredibly legitimate, amazing costumers. Ruth Carter, like Black Panther has kind of been there, done that a little bit. Right. And like Elvis is great. And I think that'll win, but none of these things are like incredibly original except for everything everywhere. And I wonder if that'll help it win i honestly i'm like very close to predicting it but i'm gonna go with like elvis and just design sweeping elvis basically but i'm very close to predicting everything ever i really think it could win i i feel like this is like one of the categories it will lose um yeah like along with score um i also love mrs harris goes to paris which has no chance here no um, but would be a deserved winner too and yeah i think like you know, Elvis has done too well so far here. And um, as we've talked about, like people know these outfits. That's in the end why I kind of predicted it there because like, you know what these are supposed to look like and then they actually look like them. And you're like, yes, I recognize that reference. Yes, I understood that reference. Yes. Uh, next is best cinematography, Joyce. Another very competitive category. The nominees there are All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. And I have Elvis winning. Mandy Your Walker, making history, but not, that's not why I have her winning just because of that. I, I think it really is. Um, what was your reaction when you woke up? Cause I know you woke up cause it was like 2 AM here when I was like, won. no kidding. She won. I knew she was going <laughs> to, I predicted that. I was like, she's going to win. People love Elvis. I think they really like Mandy Walker and I don't know. I think all quiet legitimately could win here, obviously. Um, but I think Elvis is going to be too strong and it's helped by the fact that Empire of Light and Bardo, while those two cinematographers are absolute legends, I just don't think are going to get a lot of support here. And so you're left with like Tar, All Quiet. They're and just filler nominees. <laughs> so there's th two filler nominees here. I think Tar is not a filler nominee. And I think you and I, Marbley, would both say it's our favorite in the category. But I also I would vote for Tar, obviously. I don't, <laughs> I don't think people take it as seriously. And then I think you're left with All Quiet and Elvis. And I just think that Elvis is so flashy. You're going to pick that. That was my breakdown. Um. It's, I still have All Quiet um, here, and it's hard because I agree Elvis's photography is a lot more flashy and memorable. Like, there are just a lot of really showy sequences and compositions, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think you would say the same about all quiet i agree i also and it's like it's like it's well done right like yeah it looks uh, great it's also we i don't want to like it's a similar reason like kind of like why i don't think justin herberts is going to win for babylon because there is a little been there done that from la la land and i think with this while it's a different person in a different movie i do think there's a been there done that with 1917 like we just did this like i don't know how like it's a good movie and the cinematography is great. And like, I think you are 
one of the most early adopters of it for a nomination. I remember you talking about it like back in September, basically. Uh, yeah, before before it even premiered. I didn't even, I just, you just reminded me I did that. I don't even remember I did that. I remember yeah. it. And I'm like, so I do think there's like, in, there is like- a <laughs> No, I remember you laughing because I also, it's coming back to me now because I also had emancipation. Well, that's that one. That one didn't work. That 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 dog didn't didn't hunt, but uh, all quiet did. And I don't know. I just think like people are like probably if you're going down the ballot, you're like, then I just I kind of voted for this already with 1917. And 1917 is a better version of this. No offense to the movie. Maybe all quiet's a better movie, but the photography in 1917 is obviously like the selling point because of how technically advanced it was and what an achievement it was. So. I think that a little bit could do it. And like I said, I think Elvis is really beloved. And even if you're going with BAFTA, I'm like, Elvis was also beloved at BAFTA. It didn't win, but I mean, like the international international support of Elvis is still strong. You know, it's not just an American phenomenon. No, and um, it's just, it's also that um, James has beaten her twice too, uh, but all across the pond, like at BAFTA and BSC. And right. he obviously was not nominated at ASC. Right. So it's like, can she actually beat him? Well, I guess I would say like it, I would argue she was probably second and then in the American support would push it over the top. <laughs> like, I mean, I would love to see it. You know, it's the only category with no female winner. Right. Um, so it would just, yeah. Um, and like Boz has been campaigning for her too. Like yeah. a lot, a lot, even like before ASC, like all of his like Instagram stories have been about her and posts and stuff. And he, like he storied like his reaction afterwards the other night it was very sweet so they've been working for like 20 years you know yeah. so I, I, also, I just also think that like elvis is really beloved people love that movie it is yeah it's not like... it's not beloved by film twitter no. which i think is uh clouding people's judgment too and and i think they love it more than all quiet i would say i just think they do it's like people love it i i, I they are passionate about elvis they've been passionate about it for months and i don't know uh, do you think um like you know because ASC was on Sunday like do you think it would have made a greater impact if ASC was earlier like weeks earlier no I think it was fine I think this there's been momentum gathering for this before ASC I think ASC confirmed the the momentum myself I don't know uh just we're in the top we're into the top categories now uh, above the it's line, the top eight, top eight. So first up is best original screenplay, one of the most competitive categories of the entire night. The nominees are Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere, Steven Spielberg and Tony the God Kushner for Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostland for The Triangle of Sadness. I've gone back and forth in this for so long, and I ended up with Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. Um, I'll probably end up with everything everywhere. Here's why I went back to Martin McDonough after switching to everything everywhere. Uh, these are the reasons. I don't think they're going to hold water, but do with it what you will. I can't, I just don't think it's going to, I don't think the Daniels are going to win three Oscars. Even Chloe Zhao didn't win three Oscars with Nomadland. Lost screenplay to the father. Now you'd argue... The Father is a better writing achievement than Nomadland and certainly like more recognizable writing achievement than Nomadland, which was pretty sparse. And everything everywhere is obviously this inventive screenplay and all this stuff. But I do think there's a little bit of that. And then the other thing is, while I, I have 
I have some notes on a recent variety uh, article about like with their anonymous ballots choice. I, I, an interesting thing is the order of how they're presented on the ballot. Did you notice that? Um, I mean, that wasn't brand new information to me, but well, it was brand new yeah, information. The screenplays are last because it's actually categorized under writing. So W, end of the alphabet. And so original screenplay is last. And I think if you've run out your whole ballot and you've already voted for the Daniels twice, there's a chance you get to the end and you're like, I don't need to give these guys another Oscar, even if I like the movie. And I love, Ban- I, I think there's a lot of affection for Banshees too. And it does I think so too. And I do think this category usually defaults to like, it's not going to win best picture, but we'll give it best screenplay. And I think you could make the case that Banshees is like a top three, probably best picture nominee, right? Obviously, because it did so well. And I just think it'll end up winning there. That That's basically it. I if all Everything Everywhere is Beloved. I just think it's not going to win the three Oscars that everybody thinks it will for the Daniels. I think it'll get picked off in one spot. And this seems like the one realistic spot that could happen. But why do you think they don't want to give them three Oscars? I think because, because like, they're, they're so new. I think so. I mean, like I said, I don't think there's like a lot. I mean, like Steven Spielberg has two Oscars his whole career. These guys are. So you just don't Oscars. want them to tie Steven Spielberg and career Oscars. <laughs> I think people think about that. I mean, like, like I said, like Chloe Zhao could easily won three Oscars or four Oscars, right? Even, but uh, no, three Oscars. But uh, I didn't. It didn't happen, and that was a stronger. I was as strong as everything ever was seemingly. So I don't know. I just think that there's going to be a little bit of that in the end. Um, what were you predicting the Birdman year? Did I, you predict the AGI sweep? I don't remember. I don't think I did because I was a boyhood stan. I'd have to go back and look. So, so you're doing Linklater for what director or screenplay? I probably did Linklater for screenplay. Mistake. I wonder if I could look. Let me look. Yeah, that year, I I mean, I didn't care about either of those two movies, but I was just like, the industry loves Birdman. So I just did Birdman down the line, except for after, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, And I feel like that's like kind of the vibe here. Like, I don't disagree with that logic. Um, and I uh, would love for Banshees to win. Um, I think it's a better screenplay than everything ever i think i would if i were ranking these i would do everything ever at most fourth um just like i think it's it's creative and original and i think that's gonna be why a lot of people will be voting for it like we've already seen some of those comments it's like oh it's so original like who would have ever thought about this and that's not actually like a screenplay that's an idea that's like a story right like they used to have an oscar for best story but for an actual screenplay the script, I think Banshees is a better script. Um, I think Tar is a better script. So, but uh, I think they might just go down the line with everything everywhere. And I don't think they really care that they're winning three Oscars. Like if it's their favorite movie, it's like give them all the awards. So. Yeah, no, I understand. Everything you're saying makes sense too. I just am like, I don't think, I think, it's not going to win the three we think i don't know i and i can't pick against it obviously in the other two categories despite wanting to maybe for director which we'll talk about but there's no logical I do. so here's here's the thing with this movie too that i've been thinking about um there are some categories where it 
seemingly does not have a close challenger, like picture and director, right? Um, or it's like performed well enough, it seems like it's far ahead, like in editing, right? Mm -hmm. But then there are, you know, there's this category and actress where it has a very apparent, very close challenger. Right. And I'm just wondering if it's going to be easier for everything everywhere to win the categories where it's just way out in front with no alternate than it is for it to win these closer categories, ostensibly closer categories. I would say yes, though. I think we'll maybe we'll have a different best actress pick, but I think for here, I just think there's a lot of reasons. Like you said, like there is no alternate in these, like we'll talk about, we could, I mean, for best director, we'll talk about or best picture. Like there, if there is an alternate, there's a lot of different alternates for like for best picture or best director. It seems like there's no one else to pick, but here there is a legitimate other movie to pick that is also beloved that also has performed well throughout the whole season. And I just think that's enough to have it win in a close race. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, is that like, are, is it going to lose these two categories, screenplay and actress because there is a close challenger and it's going to win these other ones like supporting actor and picture right. and director where it doesn't have a close challenger. I guess we'll see it uh, for adapted screenplay choice. The nominees are all quiet on the Western front, glass onion, living top gun, maverick and women talking. And Joyce, I have Women Are Talking and Sarah Polly. Has Mark Wahlberg been announced as a presenter? He better be. How if he does this category? Wouldn't that be great? Um, I still have All Quiet here. I, I want Women Talking to win. And I, I I need to see how many I have All Quiet winning at the end here. <laughs> and maybe I'll like readjust. Um. I, you know, it had a good weekend. It won USC Scripter and WGA. Um, and this race is super weird because these two films, um, apparent top two, have not faced off against each other at any of these top awards right. shows because All Quiet was so late and, um, and Woman Talking was snubbed by BAFTA. Right. So it didn't even beat it there. So I don't know, like maybe that snub was just a fluke. I don't know, but they've never faced off before. And obviously All Quiet is a stronger movie. It's like, it would be such an atypical winner because there's never been a non-English winner in this category. Mm -hmm. And obviously war films don't usually win for their screenplays. Um, but I guess, I guess it might come down to like with everyone voting, the broad support and it seems like all quiet has the broad support whereas like woman talking it was honestly lucky to get into best picture and it seemingly has actor support because it got into sag so that's kind of why i went here with all uh, with uh, women talking because i think i think all quiet is obviously the stronger movie though i don't think you would say it's a strong or particularly adaptate a particularly well-loved no. adaptation no and so that's what you're working with and then women talking is obviously a much weaker movie but it did get in for best picture it wasn't at sag that leads me to believe there's a lot of support for it at least like with actors right so like that's the largest branch sarah polly obviously is like a beloved filmmaker and also a former actor uh i don't know i think there's enough there to have it win and 
this feels like one of those categories where I wonder how much, like we try not to overthink things and maybe I'm overthinking things by not th overthinking it, but I'm just like all year, it was just like, oh, Sarah Polly is going to win this category, right? From like August, basically. And then we we jumped off that ship because like the movie kind of flopped and All Quiet was ascendant. And now she won at WGA. And obviously, like you said, like never really facing off against All Quiet, but I'm just like, people might've just like already checked out on this category mentally like a voter might just be like obviously sarah polly's gonna win and i'm just gonna pick her like it might have nothing to do with all quiet being like a liked movie so that's kind of why i have it winning a lot of the anonymous ballots have, it's pretty split but i think like it's very split very split so i think it's going to be close race i think i just think sarah polly will end up winning she is very very well liked anytime you see her up on like giving speeches people are like very in the crowd and the, of these events that she's gotten to do a lot of are you know, she's very well liked. So I think that helps. I I mean, I I never went off of women talking until uh, BAFTA because I felt like she was just going to be the default winner because nothing else was really stepping up, you know? Right. So I was like, this will just be like a nice, easy win for her, even though the film is tanking. Um, and it got a, like a little reprieve at SAG, you know? Um, but then... Yeah, I just, I don't know, again, like, we don't know how strong All Quiet really is. And it, it was ineligible at WGA, so they were never going to face off right. there anyway. I, I understand, right. So. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with I'm talking. I know. I do want to, like, I don't want to hope Dictor, I guess, because I do think, like, she she did what she needed to do this weekend. I, so. I'll, also, this is maybe a stupid way to do it, but a lot of times I'll just be like, what seems like, the, when you're sitting there on the couch watching this show on Sunday night. I'm like, what, what, and like, if Sarah, like if I picked All Quiet and then Sarah Polly won, I'd be sitting there like, duh, of course she won. Like, you know what I mean? Like you would just know like that she would won because like you could just tell from the crowd and like all these things. And I'm just like, I think it's like a duh, of course she won. Like, I think people are just kind of not putting a lot of thought into this category. They're probably just like, yes, yeah, Sarah Polly. But I think they are thinking about what they like too. Cause there was someone who voted for Glass Onion just cause like, wouldn't it be they, great if Glass Onion or Living one? I think those are actually the better movies here, personally. I mean, um, I think I think Living might be a happy medium between them, even though it doesn't a have a Best Picture nomination. It could definitely, <laughs> but it's be a also like prestige. Yeah, like for like the Eurovote, uh, an you know? acclaimed writer. I actually thought Living would win at BAFTA, so I was like kind of surprised Same. that All Quiet did win. But I also think they were just so gaga over All Quiet. I'm not sure if that's going to carry over. I know, and again, like it's not. The, like woman talking is the better script then i mean i would probably rank the all quiet script last year yeah i definitely would rank it last absolutely. year absolutely. yeah absolutely <laughs> um i'm just like what are the other ones yeah yeah top gun top guns first baby let's go <laughs> give it an oscar i don't care what that anonymous guy said um how sad were you when i lost wga i was pretty sad i predicted it to win <laughs> but i was happy because sarah polly's cool i, I know like i was happy she won but then i'm like this is just gonna make it harder for me it, it would also have been easier if she had just lost that because then i would just be like okay all quiet you yeah, know cross her off then right but yeah she won. but like she's still in it and i do think she can win i might change this um depending on how many i have all quiet winning at the I mean, end of this. like a lot of this too is just like it ends up being not just what you like, but also like who you want to see win. If you're a vote, like people love Sarah Polly, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that. I think that alone could like, kind of like stranger at the gate where you're voting for Malala. It's like, you're voting for Sarah Polly. People like her. And like, I think while the movie was not as well received, I also think you could argue 
it got a late, like All Quiet, it definitely got a late, even though it debuted at Telluride, it seemingly got like a very late push and like kind of a late start. I don't know how many people in the Academy even probably watched it before the nominations, obviously enough to get it a Best Picture nomination and get her in for Adapted Screenplay, which is an incredibly soft category. But I think if like, I don't know if it had, if they had pushed up the, if, if more people had maybe seen it, maybe it could have gotten another one or two nominations. I don't know. The whole like trajectory and like rollout of this movie was very wild. strange. I, I would then, I had no I have notes, Joyce, as you would say. I have some notes on the, the campaign and the rollout. I mean, remember when we were all predicting Ben Wishaw and Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley? I mean, I don't think Ben Wishaw should have gotten in because I don't think he was particularly strong. I, I wouldn't have like nominated him myself. But. but I definitely think you could have found room in the supporting actress category for one of Jesse Buckley or Claire Foy. I think you could have also found room for like, I don't know, costume designs maybe. It's like not, or score for sure. It was an amazing score. I would have put it in above like a few of these nominees in score. Uh, even production design. I don't know. I think it could have gotten, if it was like, they rolled it out at Telluride and then kind of just like sat on it for so long. It felt like they were, I don't know. It just didn't feel like. Yeah. And it, they also pushed back. It already had a December release date and they pushed it back even more. Yeah. Same day as Babylon. Which is not, not. A, Best of us. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. I, 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 I know it wasn't like a lot of the male voices coming out of it. the festivals were like, this is not a good movie, but I think that it is a good movie and they should have like it could have been handled it's a great movie it's not my favorite of the year and i do no. have some like quibbles with it not yeah. the cinematography at all um like other stuff like right. minor stuff but yeah it is a good movie and i i guess too if you're gonna say like both of these movies are being checked out since nominations like which would be watch more the one that's on netflix well i definitely think the one that's on appeals netflix. to men <laughs> <laughs> but I also think like yeah. even men would be like, I'm not thinking of this movie as a screenplay writing uh, effort. And you're already giving an international feature. So there's not a real push to give Edward Berger an Oscar. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I don't know. I'm just like, even though that's like kind of what you argued for giving Edward Berger an Oscar again, I don't think they're thinking about that no. <laughs> like two weeks ago, but um, I do think like it's, you know, if they like the movie, it'll just be like, I don't care about any of these other movies yeah. like maybe like i'm not gonna bother watching women talking I, I i think it's good for women talking that it's shown signs of life when we all thought it was dead like it got the sag nomination it got the best picture nomination so this is like its final step <laughs> like getting the win and it's remained even like you said like it's remained visible it won obviously it won at indie spirits the altman award which is not like a competitive award but still like they're up there giving a speech she wanted the WGA awards. There's like a lot of momentum gathering at the right time for it. I just think that alone, that visibility will help. I don't know. So the other thing, like we know this category is, or both writing categories, often the consolation prize. Right. And since um, six years ago, yeah. Um, since like Moonlight and Manchester by the C1 writing, We've had a solo screenplay winner in one of the categories mm -hmm. since then. Right. So she can keep up with the trend. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, so, but I, I, that, I think that's just like also a quirk. Like, I don't think right. they're thinking about that. Right. right. I don't think so. Um, but it's still very much a, a consolation prize, like to the outsiders when you look at it, you know, it's like, oh, Belfast won that last year when right. original was weak. Right. Um, Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell was not winning <laughs> Best Director. No. You know? Um, well, that's why I have McDonough winning for Banshee. So maybe I should have Edward, like I should have All Quiet winning here, but um, I just don't think, I think Sarah Polly will get that push because she's Sarah Polly, I guess. I don't know. I think she would be, if, if we were going to have the lone screenplay consolation winner, I think it would be Woman Talking. Right. And not Banshees. Okay. I'll maybe go over two in this cat- these two categories then. Here's one I think I'll definitely get right. Best Supporting Actor uh, is next. And the nominees are Brendan Gleeson for Banshees, Bar- Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Yogan for Banshees of Inisherin, and Kiyu Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Joyce, I imagine this will be one of the first awards given out on the broadcast. And I have it Kiyu better Kwan be. <laughs> winning. And I look forward to his speech and making people cry. Um. Yeah, we talked about this months ago. It should be the first category. Just get it over with. Give it to Key. We can move on with the night. Uh, um, no notes here. Nothing. That's it. Let him win. Can't wait. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say. I think everyone has Barry second because of his BAFTA win. Yep. Um. I do love the THR guy who said he couldn't get through Causeway when it's one of the shortest movies of the year. Ninety minute movie, totally watchable. Uh, Perfect leg. Great. Uh. <laughs> Now a more competitive category, Joyce, the nominees for Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow for The Whale, Terry Condi for The Banshees of Sharon, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and I have Kerry Condon for The Banshees of Sharon. Same. So we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Kerry won at BAFTA, Jamie Lee won at the SAG Awards, and Angela won critical prizes with the Critics' Choice Awards and the Golden Globe Awards. So no, there's not a lot of voter crossover there. Uh, I just think that they're going to, Jamie Lee and Angela will cancel each other out and Carrie Condon will win. Basically, that's my that's my thought. Um, Yeah, I'm just going with the BAFTA winner here. I'm not really thinking about this one too much, even though I know this is, category is giving a lot of people agita. But I'm like, I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm just going to go with Carrie, the BAFTA winner. Um, it's I do love the chaos this category has given us. Yeah. When Especially when it seemed like Angela was just going to cruise to the win. Um, no, honestly, then- I got to say, if Angela won, I would be most surprised of her win of these three contenders. I do too. Uh, me too, because of the way the last two two weeks, yeah, have shaken out. Like if you had asked me on February eighteenth, I'd be like, yeah, she's just gonna like even like she could have lost the BAFTA. I wouldn't have been that worried, but I was like, she's definitely gonna win SAG, you know. And didn't win like, SAG. You know what's funny though? She and Jamie won opposite awards that people thought, or like they won the awards that the other person thought. We're going to win. In fact, I think I (laughs) predicted Jamie for Golden Globe and Angela for SAG. I had Carrie for the Globe um, just because I didn't think they were going to give everything everywhere three acting wins. And they've obviously have already awarded Jamie before. But the Angela win there makes sense in hindsight because they love stars. Yep. And then they they're the ones who really kicked off her campaign in full force. 
because it made her seem like a viable option in an unsettled unsettled category and then she has the stature um you know and like the narrative the overdue narrative to pull it out um and obviously critics choice was just gonna sheep and give it to her too let me ask you this you love doing this to me so i'll ask you if the critic choice awards were last week who would have won best supporting actress you mean like like three days ago yes um it would have been jamie because I don't think they were going to give it to Carrie anyway. Okay. Unless they went first. So that's why I think like the Angela's support is even, that's why I mean, like I, I think her support is even like less perceived because I think that Critics' Choice Award win is actually like, like you said, like kind of a parrot off the Golden Globes and trying to clout chase to guess the Oscar winner. And so now it would have even been different. Like we'd be going into this like Jamie Lee with like two awards and Carrie with BAFTA and then Angela with the Golden Globe, kind of the Steven Spielberg of this race. And I also feel like when when it's a a legacy win like this, like a career win, I think you do need to sweep. And the other thing is- Especially like, with her film being weak. We also said they're both legacy wins. Yeah. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis and Angela Bassett have almost the same narrative of like beloved industry veteran who's never- They're the same age. <laughs> who's never won an Oscar and in Jamie Lee Curtis's case, never even been nominated. So I do think in the end, that's kind of like they cancel each other out and Carrie Condon wins. I have, like you said, I have not really put a lot of thought into this beyond like Carrie Condon for since BAFTA, honestly, or since SAG, I guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamie won. Um, I would be slightly more surprised if Angela won, but it would also just make sense too. Um, but yeah, like, we've said like I think they they're just competing for the same voter base and I'm sure we're gonna have see a lot of these uh voters anonymous voters just talk about their careers and having worked with them like I think they've worked with a ton of people mm -hmm. obviously over the years and I think they're gonna both score those same kind of votes and maybe compete with each other for the same kind of votes um and then you know these people can only choose one maybe they don't choose either of them and they choose someone else right and even though Jamie has proven to be stronger than Stephanie um, and has beaten her, obviously, I do think there are a lot of Stephanie fans who would mm -hmm. vote for her too. So Here, she's like, she, she's, she's, she's like possibly losing support from two different, like in two different ways. So this is the anonymous THR ballot. Again, not to lean too heavily on these and the anonymous ballots mean nothing because there's 9,700 people in the Academy and we're talking about one person. But this was one, to, this lends credence to maybe that idea. Carrie and Hong Chow were fine. So not a Carrie Condon fan. But then this person says, I think Jamie Lee Curtis could win for everything everywhere. She's been a part of Hollywood since she was a child, even though Stephanie Hsu is better in the movie. And I do think that's like basically it. Like it's hard to argue that Jamie Lee Curtis is an icon who is beloved in the industry, but she's not actually the best supporting character in the movie. And like, we've been saying that for months, honestly. Like, at least I have. I don't think like, I think Stephanie Hsu is much better performance in the movie i mean film twitter's supporting actress pick is for sure stephanie shu right. uh, <laughs> so i think it's like yeah i don't think i think everyone would agree neither of jamie nor angela's performances are their best ever but they just want to see them be crowned an oscar winner and be able to be called an oscar winner um and i do feel bad 
for Angela if she loses because I'm sure like her you know she definitely thought she probably could win after her two wins in January sure. you know and I mean I wouldn't even blame her if she thought she was gonna win SAG like I'm sure people told her she was gonna win mm-hmm. SAG you know and um she didn't and that's rough like yeah. that's a huge blow and I think it just ends up being like the movie it's not even anything against her the movie obviously is not strong enough has not proven yeah it. I feel like if if she were competing with like I do think her performance here is better than performance in the first movie but I think if she were competing with this performance with the first movie she would win like she would have a better shot Definitely. Um, so yeah like I think if you're just gonna compare like Angela and Jamie to like Jamie obviously has a stronger movie like even if you don't think Carrie's gonna win right so I don't know yeah I do feel bad like she she won those awards and like it's like has gone so close but you know what props to her for getting so close with a marvel movie <laughs> yeah so that that i think it was the thr guy who was also like we should stop treating marvel movies like second class citizens or and he picked angela bassett for what it's worth and and in the in the uh let me see look at the um the variety ones there's a jamie lee like totally split condon there's a stephanie shu <laughs> There is a Carrie Condon. There is a Jamie Lee. And there is a Carrie Condon. And then there is a Angela Bassett. So. And nothing for Hong Chow. Nothing for Hong Chow. Three in the seven of the seven ballots for the variety anonymous ballots. Three for Carrie, two for uh, Jamie Lee, two for Angela Oh no, one for Angela, one for Stephanie Shu. So amazing. It's not but, these are gonna be unhelpful in this category. No. But also Carrie Condon and if you add up all the ballots, she still ends up on top. So so far. And again, it's seven ballots or whatever. They don't mean anything. I know. And I feel like if if she ends up being the only win for Banshees, it's also kind of fitting. Um yeah. no offense to Martin McDonough. I, I mean I've been winning too, like... so we'll see. But I do think it could win too. <laughs> Uh, and she in the screenplay right for best actor choice uh, the nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Sharon, Brendan Fraser for the whale Paul Mescal for after Sun, and Bill Nye for living and I have Austin Butler for Elvis haven't changed months so, months <laughs> since I, like August so. again I would not be if Brendan Fraser won I would not be shocked like at all but I just think there are too many obvious signposts for Austin winning here. Um, yeah. And I think seven uh, of the 10 best actor winners last 10 have been for real people. Uh, the last time a real person hasn't won, uh, hasn't won one of the acting awards is what, like 20 years ago or something at least. No, it was, it was um, six years ago okay. with Casey, Emma, Viola, Emma Herschel. But before that, it it was um, like the, the films of 97. So like uh, Jack and Helen, um, him and Robin. I'm just using first names here. You know who they all are. <laughs> right. And um, even that even that year you could well whatever yeah Kim Basinger playing like a a, a call girl who looks like Veronica Lake basically playing for like that's still that's still like a a fictional character like it's how I, know, I, I don't know count like Michelle Williams playing a real person here because 
she's not playing Leah Adler. She's playing Mitzi Fableman. Correct. You know, it's just like inspired by, um, but Austin is actually playing Elvis Presley right. in a biopic basically. And um, yeah, you know, we know they love this movie and it's a great performance. It would be, um, oh, I I said, I told my friend I was going to do this. Um, you you keep talking while I look for this. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm, the reason for making this, I think Elvis, obviously, like I said, is a strong best picture contender. I have a winning then, because I have it winning for Austin, and we could do this at the end, but since I'm filling time, Joyce, I have it winning one, two. I'm, I'm unprepared, three, sorry. Four, five Oscars. You laughed at me when I said it would win six Oscars. I have now, I've downgraded. I laughed because it was six. I, th- I think it could win four. <laughs> oh, I have it winning five, because I did have it winning cinematography, and I have it winning uh, production design, makeup, and costume design, cinematography in Austin. I think it will tie everything everywhere with five Oscars. Um, I just think it's a great movie that people loved. And Austin has done openings of envelopes, basically. He was at the Spirit Awards, for crying out loud. The guy's everywhere. He was a no-show there. Oh, I thought he was He was listed as he a He was presenter. supposed to be there. No, oh, okay. I think he he backed out a lot of the weekend events. And I, I was like, is he getting sick? I was like, he's been everywhere. So I'm sure he's gone like laryngitis or something like sure. he can't talk sure um yeah because he also wasn't at, i think he's supposed to be at asc and he wasn't there either obviously to support mandy right you know um so i think i've mentioned this before somewhere at some point but my friend's dad saw elvis yes in june when it came out and then this was his take again in june Went to see the Baz Luhrmann movie about Elvis at the Drexel this evening. I would vote to give Austin Butler the Oscar. Performance is better than Rami Malek or Jamie Foxx, and I thought they were great. Butler is Elvis, is all caps. I mean, no notes at all. Like, I definitely agree with the fact that he's better than Jamie Foxx and probably definitely Rami Malek. You know, I don't think that one's a great winner. Uh, Bradley Cooper for life. But... I just think it's great. I don't know. I don't, and I don't think there's biopic fatigue and I, there's just so many reasons why it would win. I, I just think he's going to win. If, like I said, if Brandon Fraser won, I would not be totally shocked, obviously. Um, but I think the BAFTA win was huge for Austin. It shows there's a lot of international support for the movie. Elvis is a global icon. It definitely extends beyond America. The whale underperformed at the Academy. Didn't even get in for best picture. Colin could maybe sneak in. He's obviously won the most, I think, when you add everything up, but he should have won a BAFTA if he was going to win the Oscar. He should have won a BAFTA. That was that was rough. You, you know he's my fave, um, yeah. but I never had him in first. Um, I did say if he won BAFTA, I would move him to first, but he didn't. So I have him back in third, although I do want to put him in second in my final <laughs> predictions just because like he also has the Best Picture nomination for his film. Um, Brendan doesn't. So... Um, but yeah, I think like, I don't know. I think like people or like film Twitter at least might be in denial that Austin is the front runner, or at least like that was always the feeling. Cause like there are huge Brendan supporters, you know, but especially like throughout like the late summer and fall, um, it felt like people didn't want Austin to win. And then there were all these like, reason some like legitimate as to why he might not win because like he could be too young again I don't think he's too young he's 31 like like a lot of people have won in their 
um, early 30s um, in this category. So he would just be the fifth youngest. But like, yeah, he's not like a child. No. Um, and people think he's new. Again, we've talked this about this ad nauseum. He is not new. No, I, there's I mean, there's I, again, I think that I think he's going to win. I, I just like it's going to win makeup and he's going to win. Elvis got five Oscars. Let's go. That's my pick. Yeah. And it's just like, I think like he's not new because he's been around since he was a teenager. He's worked literally half his life. Like he, he's got the backing of Denzel. And I also feel like he's been consistently working that people know him in the industry. Like you, the general public may have never heard of him until Elvis, but I think he's like known to people in the industry. Like he, his, his career hasn't been like super high profile until I guess you could say like once upon a time in Hollywood. Right. Um, But I don't think like he's too new or too young to win this. And I think like they just love the performance in the movie so much that they don't think about this stuff. Like I agree. I think it's just like, just check him off. I think he's going to win for best actress. This one's a little more conversation. Maybe Joyce, the nominees are, as we know, Kate Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna DeArmas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for everything everywhere all at once. And I have Michelle Yeoh for everything everywhere all at once. Um I have gone back and forth on this. I think I'm going to have Michelle today. I don't know if I'll still have her on Sunday. Okay. Uh my reasoning we talked about this a lot. I mean obviously Kate has steamrolled the whole season and then or most of it and then Michelle's won here a couple of things here at the end including SAG, which maybe is not as big of a factor on the Oscar race because of the much wider membership of SAG. That said, it's undeniable that she has the momentum here. And it just feels like I'm going to compare her to Coda. Like by the end with Coda, it was just like, it's going to win Best Picture. We all knew it was going to win Best Picture. There was no doubt it was going to win Best Picture. People were kind of probably voting for it because they want to back the winner. And I think the same thing is happening here with Michelle Yeoh. It just feels like the momentum is enough to carry her over the top in a very close race. And that's basically it. I don't even know if it's like the momentum per se, because I think this film has always just been beloved by the industry. Well, the film has. For a year. No, but like she's always had support too. Like if this this damn thing premiered a year ago this week, it premiered at South by Southwest. I know. March 11th, 2022. I'm going to win the Oscar on March 12th, 2023. (laughs) But like, you know, she was, getting you know all these raves like straight out of that and there was a lot of you know in the spring just some like early oscar chatter about it nothing like super serious yet because we knew like the fall was coming with the festival drops and stuff Mm -hmm. but i think she's always had support like um remember i think it was like at that like l woman in hollywood event a couple months ago like anne hathaway gave a speech and she was just like congratulations to Michelle on your Oscar nomination. It's like, oops, that hasn't happened yet. So I think she's always had industry support. Um, But I think it's more so that like the movie is so strong. Um, Well, that's the other thing. Oh, yeah. And I guess it's also like how, I guess you can, but I think a lot of them, if they're voting for it in Best Picture, would also just want to vote for her too I, that's what it feels uh, like for me and then obviously she has her own narrative to make history right and i think some people are definitely gonna vote that way too 
So, so. W- when I say momentum, what I mean is like you're right, everything you said is right. I just think like especially in the last two weeks, it just feels like undeniable that there is a, a push towards her, and it feels like Kate even while she was, uh, I think what you sent me a picture of her with the Loki. Uh, what was that at, at Disney? Oh, what she went to like the Disney like thing the other day amazing hella she should have been nominated for thor ragnarok so while she hasn't like hit it or anything i just think michelle has been so visible uh like we had said during voting especially and like having these well-timed victories and giving some really great speeches it just feels like kate has taken a even though and like again not to parrot like the vogue article we were talking about like at the beginning of this but like kate has won two oscars and i just think maybe the enthusiasm for giving her a third is going to pale in comparison to the enthusiasm of giving michelle her first and while the performance might be better i think people will consider that when they're voting the movie is obviously beloved and i just think she's going to win it's one of those things like i said sitting there on sunday night i'm gonna be like of course michelle yo won um i also feel like Kate I mean I I don't think Kate cares like I think she wants she wants Michelle to win too um I think Kate like all of the stuff that Kate has done is in service and promotion of Tar the movie itself like she just wants it to be seen I don't think she's like particularly campaigning for herself for a third Oscar and you saw like the the video of Letterboxd giving her the award for like most watched actress of 2022 right Mm -hmm. like her first question was like does this mean they watched tar like she couldn't believe that people were watching the movie you know and they were like it was for tars or pinocchio and lord of the rings and stuff so but i think like she wants the movie to be seen so i think and that's the thing too because it's like when when you're first launching a movie it's the press tour for the movie just to get it seen and then certain movies will have an awards campaign so then you're out there promoting it under the guise of like supporting the movie, but you're really like campaigning for awards, even if you're not explicitly asked about it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, you know, like in, in some cases, like everything everywhere's cases, Michelle's case, like she is asked about it, about what it would mean to be the first Asian best actress winner, you know? But usually it's not talked about like that. But I think with Kate, like, I think she is just, she's been doing, you know, this whole shebang for the past couple months like in service of tar in the movie and she doesn't actually care if she wins or not her non-traversial speech at critics choice like she doesn't care and i think she'll be very happy if michelle wins and i i don't think like i know that reason like the vogue reason has been trumpeted and also i think in the thr voter guy too um he said like you know she already has two oscars i don't think most of them care like if they did then like you know they wouldn't have voted for francis three years after they gave her her third right you know so and i i think it's less about giving michelle her first if you're just going to vote by narrative and more about um making her the first best uh, asian best actress winner (laughs) i also think when you think of the francis year when she beat like viola davis obviously and carrie mulligan um that was the most beloved movie, right? Nomadland was. And so... Yeah, it's the strongest movie and everything I remember is stronger than Tar. <laughs> that's it. So I don't think it actually mattered. Like, I think Francis, if if it was like, there was a stronger movie, if like, no, Francis was up for a third Oscar for like Promising Young Woman and Carrie Mulligan was in Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan would have won. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, like, I think it actually is... Well, I also think it's the character that Carrie 
it's is Carrie's it's it's Cassie in the character. Well, okay, maybe that's a you know what I mean. I'm just saying like if it was a different movie, if you like it wasn't the Francis McDormand performance while it was beloved as much as the movie itself is also beloved. I think that matters. It's like I would like I would say Kate in Tar is better than Francis in Nomadland. Yes. Um, and it is very funny that like that Vogue excerpt. It was like like we just said like it literally was saying that like oh Kate might be better but you should vote for Michelle for reasons. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I guess if you're okay with voting for reasons, then go for it. Um, like we all know the Oscar is not a meritocracy. It should be about performance merit, but it's not. There are other factors um, that go into it. So, but again, like I said before, this is another tight category for everything everywhere. So in a tight category, can it prevail, you know, as opposed to the categories where it's a runaway favorite? So here, I think it will. And screenplay, I think it won't. I guess that's how I split the difference. Um, what about Andrea? Where do you have her? I have her in third. Do you think she'll attend? Yeah, she went to Spirits. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's going to win. I don't think at all she's going to win at all. What if they open the envelope? Um, well, okay, I'll ask that later. But what if it's like, and the Oscar goes to Michelle Williams? I mean, iconic moment. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be iconic? Some Twitter will implode and I would love watching it. But, I mean, yeah, I, I love the Fablements, but even I do not think uh, it should win for Michelle Williams. So there you go. Um, also, who do you think will present this category? I've seen people saying maybe like Andrew Garfield, because he's nominated. Because he was announced yesterday. <laughs> he was announced yesterday as a presenter. And obviously you would argue he was maybe the runner up last year. Would be nice. Love Andrew Garfield. I can see them doing what they did when Casey Affleck didn't come back to do Best Actress the following year. And then they gave um, Emma Stone director. And then they, um, that was also the year they were not gonna invite back the pre, um, oh no, that was the following year, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, but, um, and then what did they do? They did J-Law and Jodie Foster for right. one of them. And then was it was Jane Fonda and Helen Mirren for the other lead category. So I can see them doing that, Maybe. like yeah. past uh, winners doing um, one of the leads, if not both. I think they might do both just to be consistent across the leads mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then give Jessica a director, That'd like another cool. big category. Um, I've also seen, obviously, people wanting like the whole um, five former nominees come out to give a whole speech thing that they did. Um 13 years ago. That'd be cool. I mean, <laughs> in on like, that. Or 14 years ago now, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Best director, Joyce. Nominees, Martin McDonough for Banshee's Vintage Aaron, Daniel Taquan and Daniel Shiner for Everything Everywhere, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, Ruben Oslin for Triangle of Sadness. And while I've tried to, I've been like Charlie Day memeing, trying to figure out how I could predict Steven Spielberg to win, I'm predicting the Daniels to win. I have nothing to say. <laughs> no. Uh, it seems like it would be a pretty big surprise if they did not win. Um, yeah, but again, as we've said, the problem is we don't really know who's number two here. I have Todd Field, um, in second. I move Stephen because I want him to win. But yeah, I move Stephen back up to second because I think he has been relentlessly promoting it, and he's trying. He's trying, and I also think that like he's trying because he knows there's a chance he that could. I feel like Steven Spielberg is pretty plugged into the industry, Joyce, right? Like you would argue. 
And I think he must know there is a potential opening for him to actually pull off an upset here. And that's why he's campaigning so hard for this movie. Whereas like last year for West Side Story, he did not campaign as hard, I would argue. And so uh, while I understand the personal aspect of it as well, I think he knows there's a slight chance he could win and he's going to take every opportunity to try to win. And that's why I have him in second. But I still think the Daniels will win. How much of that do you think is because he won the Globe? Well, I think there's a little part of that that he won the Globe. I think there's obviously because it's such a personal story. And I think, like, it's a great directing effort. I just think he it knows is. it's good. Yeah. I actually think he knows it's really good. You know what I mean? Like, he knows when he made a good movie. The movie's great. He did a great job. So I, I mean, think he's just like, fuck it. I that's want like saying the sky is blue, so. But no, um, I mean, I think he knows, like, this is like, every Steven Spielberg movie I'd argue is good. This one is great. And I think his particular directing is actually amazing in this. Like it's one of his best directed movies, I would argue. It is. And it's actually about directing. Filmmaking. So that's why and, I think he's And like the it. process, I mean, not just directing, but like editing too. Yeah. So it's also foul that it did not get into editing. Just, just um, disgrace. We know that. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I just feel like there's just no passion for no. the movie, unfortunately. So. Yep. But I do think there is passion for Tar um, and Todd Field, however small that pocket is. Right. So, and I do think, as I've said before, if it were just the directing branch voting, I think Todd could win. Me too. So. Uh, and then finally, Joy's Best Picture. Uh, pretty quick on this one, probably. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fableman's Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking, I have everything everywhere all at once winning. Yes, but what do you have at two? I have all quiet at two. Same. And I have Banshees three, Elvis four, Top Gun five. Um, yeah, I moved Banshees down to third. Um, I've had it like second for like, I don't know, two months or something. Uh, you um, know, God bless the pundits who want to predict all quiet. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but I just think it would be absolutely just psychotic if it won. <laughs> like truly like an unprecedented win. It would be just hilarious in so many ways because so many people, first of all, would be so upset that everything I wrote for loss, like all the stands, all of home Twitter. So they will implode. Um, and then Netflix finally getting its first win. <laughs> For a movie that they kind of didn't all think. quiet on the Western Front. Um, after they pooled all their resources, busted their asses with Alfonso Caron, Martin Scorsese, David Fincher, and Jane Campion, and they're going to do it win Best Picture with a movie by Edward Berger that came on late. <laughs> I get. I, I mean, it would be amazing. All of those things would be amazing. I guess I'm just like. The reason I think everywhere, everything everywhere is almost unbeatable <laughs> besides all the- It's like, won everything? <laughs> it's won every single thing, right? Except for BAFTA, obviously. But it's like steamrolled the guilds in every possible fa fashion. Uh, and then also it has the makeup of like both a- it, it, To me, it's like a perfect combination of like a power of the dog, which was like a dominant force for months and then kind of died off. And then Coda, which was like a great- last or parasite even which was like a momentum builder that kind of rocketed into the ceremony and won on the back of that kind of passion everything ever has both of those things and like all quiet does not it just does i don't think there is a passion for it. it's certainly not comparable to everything everywhere i just don't believe that so 
like I can't pick. No, but I think I think uh, everything everywhere. It's it's like it's always been a coda, but it was like a visible coda because it was never the actual front runner. Like I think people wanted it to win. Like definitely at stands wanted to win. Like since last March, um, and then you know again like early on it was just like oh like we better get nominated. You know like they better nominate the cast and like the Daniels and everything. Um, and then it became clear that it was going to get nominated for things. But at th- that point, you know, everyone still had Fablemans in first, you know, and Spielberg mm-hmm. in first. So it was always an underdog in the early part of the season. And then when the Fablemans started underperforming, that's when everything everywhere um, usurped it. And that was also off the back of all the billions of regional critics awards, too, which, again, doesn't always translate to industry love um and obviously it didn't win best picture at the globes either but not that surprising so then it was like is it gonna have international support and then we saw BAFTA it might not have international support so it was never even though it's been in first and it's the front runner the past couple months like it's never been like a I think people have never felt like super safe declaring it the runaway favorite like they would have for I don't even know like like an Argo yeah um and and you know people were also worried like how it would perform at PGA on preferential I'm like it's gonna win <laughs> like there's no number two like that's the problem like there's no pr- problem if you're if you don't want it to win but not a problem if you do want it to win like there's no al- alternate to this like Banshee should have won BAFTA um but no, it was all quiet. And again, we don't really know how strong it is. Um, I think most people would just have a number two just because we don't have enough data right now. And it could be watched. And it's it seems well-liked by most people. Um, and I agree, obviously, everything everywhere has more passion behind it. I don't think it will win on first ballot. Um, I think it would probably win on second ballot. Like, I think that's the earliest it could win. I- I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I think All Quiet does have the makeup of, like, a movie that you would say is going to perform on a preferential ballot that is well-liked and not loved, that is respected by the industry. And then if if everything everywhere was polarizing, I could see maybe being like, oh, it's not going to win. But it's not, it's just not polarizing. I mean, there are people who don't like it, but that is a much smaller minority than I think anybody ever anticipated. It is. Yeah, and that was also one of the worries early on that, like, maybe it won't get in because people hate it and it's weird. It's, like, too weird for the oldies. And it's just not. It's really not. I think like the oldies like that. It's like, it's weird, but not like, it's weird, but not like esoteric, I guess. I don't know. I think it's just like, it's It's like, it's not because at the end of the day, it's still a very simple story. Right. It's just like dressed up in all this chaos and yeah, like, it's like weird and there's, you know, like butt plugs and hot dog fingers and stuff. Right. But at the end, it's like trying to make you cry. Right. It's, it's, it's like literally telling you to cry at the end. It's, <laughs> so. it's it's weird in a way that's acceptable, I think, to older voters who maybe you would think would be not into it. And then I think you also have the idea that like there's a great passion around the cast itself. And like people love this group and they've been everywhere this award season. And then even like I said earlier, there's a, like a pulled up from the bootstraps idea that these guys put this movie together and kind of like did all these great technical things on like a budget that's like one eighth of like Black Panther, you know, and like are doing these like massive multiverse storytelling that 
comic book movies do or like the matrix would do in a much smaller scale and still getting that scale anyway i i I just think it's almost unbeatable I, i would honestly be this would be like i would be stunned if it did not win and i will eat these words on sunday night i guess if it doesn't but like i cannot it would just be wild like i don't think again i don't think it would um do as well as as it did at the guilds but i just like don't see it losing best picture so like it's one too much to lose best picture especially and yeah there's there's just no alternate you know like even with 1917 Parasite was the alternate. Like I, I had Parasite winning for months, even like before it won or before nineteen seventeen won the Globe. Um, but also Parasite uh, had that passion. You know what I mean? Like there's not the pat. I don't think. Yeah, that's why and then like the other ones that people thought were going to win that year, like um, Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like not the same level of passion. I think that in my mind again, like you said, we don't really know because it came on so late. But like All Quiet to me definitely profiles as a. Irishman once upon a time once upon a time in Hollywood type level of passion uh compared to like everything everywhere it's just not like it's not comparable to me I don't know I'm not talking to Oscar voters like Pete Hammond is but I just don't think it's as like legit I don't think it's as widespread as maybe he is suggesting but good for well, him I also think you know not not I'm not like targeting him I'm just no. like lots of like every pundit or whoever who talks to their um connections in the academy they're a pool of voters um or like you know everyone who like does like anonymous ballots like you could just assume it's the same people every year so like the sample size not it's not just that the sample size is small it's homogenous right like you need more variety when you're gonna pull people i i love i love that he did it i pre- i remember i predicted i was the only person doing lady bird to win the your shape of water one because i was like nobody cares about shape of water people are more passionate about lady bird and that was stupid and wrong yeah but lady bird wasn't i like lady bird was definitely more of a, a film twitter thing but the industry wasn't um as fair for it as they are for everything That's everywhere true. and I like shape of water it was kind of that was a year where it was more consensus winning than passion. Sure. And so. Like, so I love that he predicted all quiet, but I just am not doing it. And I I would eat, I'll eat, happily eat these words on Sunday night. I'll be like, Joyce, this is the most shocking Oscars upset in the history of the Oscars. I would go on record saying that right now. If, if all quiet wins, it would be the biggest upset ever. Right. Like not a doubt. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of. La La Land Moonlight was what? one, right? That was, I mean, it wasn't upset, but also we knew, like, Moonlight was always there, and right? Like, passion again, like, that's the problem. Like, All Quiet has not been there. Right. And Moonlight, argue, obviously, had more passion, and you knew going into the show that there was a great passion around the movie. Yeah, and I think, what, what honestly, what do you think, like, think of all the think pieces that will come out if All Quiet wins. <laughs> I would, I'm going to hide under the desk here. I can't, I can't even, I just can't even believe Just that. imagine the reaction no. if that happens. No. It'll, it'll I mean, be the opposite of Jane Fonda saying, and the Oscar goes to pause Parasite. I mean, already this is going to be like a very, uh, yeah, I could, there's going to be takes, I'm sure, with a lot of the winners um but i don't know i don't think all quiet's gonna i just it's, don't think it's gonna win do you think um if on like the very 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 slim chance if it's 
not all quiet that beats it like what do you think can like banshees like that's the thing like i don't even know what's third like i have banshees in third but i'm like i don't know <laughs> i mean i have it winning five oscars so i actually think elvis could win i have all quiet i mean i have everything everyone elvis winning five oscars each i have all quiet and banshees winning two i need to count up mine hold on keep talking <laughs> and i have uh top gun winning two as well so I have the number, so those are my top best picture nominees or contenders. And then those are how I have every, and everything else I have winning nothing. Avatar wins visual effects, women talking wins screenplay, Triumph of Sand is nothing, Tar nothing, Fableman's nothing. So I have six, uh, seven of the 10 best picture nominees winning something. Um, but I have the dominant forces being everything ever in Elvis. It's, so I have everything everywhere winning six right now mm-hmm. right yeah yeah because you have a winning screenplay and i don't um and then all quiet i have one two i have winning four mm-hmm. um what did you have a winning screenplay cinematography, oh, cinematography got it okay but i forgot yeah i don't think everything i think everything else i have single right um Elvis oh, no, you have Elvis to have three Elvis have three yeah. right um yeah like they don't uh they've been spreading the wealth um in the provincial era so no best picture winner has won more than four since the artist I think everything everywhere will beat that um with some combo yes so I think it will and I I do think Elvis is going to be really strong I guess it could be wrong and maybe that five ends up being like three, like you have it and, and all quiet wins four instead of two. Like I have, it. I don't know, but I think the it's going to be very top heavy with the winners. I think this year you're going to have a lot of like, like everything everywhere, all quiet banshees and Elvis and top gun will probably win most of the Oscars. It's just funny because it could also be the complete opposite. Cause there's so many close races here. Like you yeah. could be very wrong and very right. I mean, definitely. So like looking at it, like, I have Michelle Yeoh versus Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett could easily win. I have Austin Butler versus Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser could e- easily win. Supporting actress, you could argue, is he's another toss-up. Uh, screenplay, original toss-up. Adapted screenplay, toss-up. Cinematography, toss-up. Uh, even costumes, I don't think, is like a lock for Elvis. Uh, you know, production design, I have Elvis, but I think you Babylon obviously could win. Score is a total mess. Song is a total mess. So I don't know. Yeah, you can get all of these categories wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm well I'm well prepared to go like 50%. So uh I'm not confident in these picks at all. Just because I think there's too many close races. I think in the end, if I had a guess, like let's see. So what would you like toss-up races? I'm putting that in quotes, would be best actress, best actor, best supporting actress, screenplay adapt adapted screenplay and original screenplay, cinematography would you say production design is a toss-up or no probably not um stats wise i would say no okay score Just like do you think score is- like both music categories i think that's eight categories that are quote unquote toss-ups and then you have the shorts and then the shorts so i could if i had a guess i'd probably go 50 percent in the eight and then one for three in the shorts so uh that'll knock me out of this is also why i'm like should I just predict one of the shorts? Um, 
like should I just do like elephant whisperers or something? I gotta say, like I love predict. I'm like fine to go down with like a fifty. I'm fine to go down with the ship on some of these because I feel like oh no guts no glory. I know, like I don't care if I'm wrong, but I also um try to um be aware of like where I'm going out on a limb. Like I don't want to go on a limb on like everything, you know. Like I'm not predicting all quiet for best picture by any means, and I'm I'm willing to go against the grain in the shorts, but then I'm just like overall. Like if I do want my score to be good, should I just go with the pack on one of them? Right. And so we can all be wrong, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, all right, Joyce, we've been going for a long time. Not like four hours like some of these shows do, but like pretty long. But I got two emails I wanted to read for us. You can email us at slugfest.goldderby.com. This is from Andre who writes, hello, Joyce and Chris. I love the show and your dynamic. It's always very entertaining and funny to see the very different ways you guys look at the same stuff. I also want to congratulate Chris for being one of the only people who recognized the brilliant comedy performance that Camilla Mendez gives in Do Revenge. It's been a lonely road and I was so glad when I found out Chris was with me. I'm with good company, no doubt. I've been voting for her in every Twitter award show thing that I came across. I even got her not, I even got her a nomination, Do Revenge Stand, Stay Winning. My question for you guys is about veterans. The last few years, some of my favorite overdue actors like Brendan Gleeson, Bill Nye, and Jamie Lee Curtis have been getting nominations. Who would you like to see next? My answer is John Goodman, who was Rob for Barton Fink and Big Lebowski. Iconic. That's why I read it, because obviously do revenge roles. You're you and Andre, the only two people FYCing her. <laughs> <laughs> um so people who've never been nominated. Um, I don't know who. Because sometimes I think more along the lines of who've never won. Right. Then um, nominated. But yeah, John would be a good one. And who else is there um oh i guess you could do donald sutherland <laughs> good one i mean personal favorites would be like kurt russell and delroy lindo mm-hmm. I, would, I would cite and let me look here um i mean she like the, the first person who actually came to mind when you were reading that, even though um, she's not a veteran, but I was just thinking of people who have yet to be nominated for an Oscar that uh, fans want to be nominated, Emily Blunt. <laughs> Emily Blunt, certainly, but I wouldn't like put her as like somebody- No, because she's 40 years old. Right. So. <laughs> uh, maybe this year, Joyce. Or Oppenheimer. Or Oppenheimer. She's, she's presenting, so- we're we're probably gonna get a new Oppenheimer trailer on Sunday. I got actually I saw so I saw Creed in IMAX Joyce last week. Of course you did. Uh, fucking great, Jonathan Majors owning it, the best, so good. And I'll definitely we'll t- we're gonna do our very very early Oscar picks uh, next week, I guess. And I can't so wait. You're gonna to- predict them for Creed? Yeah, hell yeah. Sorry, magazine. Dreams. Not magazine dreams. <laughs> nope. Sorry, sorry to magazine dreams. 
Creed, baby. Uh, but before Creed in IMAX, uh, they ran a new Oppenheimer trailer that I had not seen before, and it was amazing. Looks so good. So I assume they'll run that like in reality soon on TV or certainly online. It hasn't been online okay. yet. Um, oh, so you know who I just thought of? Pam Greer. Pam Greer would be great too, but should have gotten nominated for Jackie Brown. So um, I don't know who else is there. <laughs> I don't know. You know what's going to happen? We're going to be done with this, and I'm going to think of like 17 more people. If we're done with it, we think of 17 more people. We'll bring it back at another. Oh, time. oh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is great. Oh, Hugh Grant. Yes. Uh, all right. Email us at slugfest at goldderby.com. Here's another one. Uh, hello, Joyce and Chris. Since the Oscars are this week or less than next week, I guess, because it's Sunday, uh, I've been seeing lots of accounts on Twitter asking for people's top four winners of all time in certain categories. That being said, I was wondering if you guys can give your top four best original screenplay winners of all time. Mine would be Citizen Kane, Chinatown, Divorce Italian Style, and American Beauty. That's from Harold and Maude. I love the chaos of oh, that Harold list. Oh, Harold and Maude again. Oh my gosh. Love the chaos of that list. Well, now I need to pull up. I got the winners list up here. I'm gonna I know, go... but I'm just like, I've never thought about this. <laughs> so a two that popped in my head immediately were Pulp Fiction and Goodwill Hunting. I'd probably also put The Apartment in there. Love The Apartment. Oh my gosh. And then um, looking at the list, I think, I do think Chinatown is amazing. I think Network is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, there are too many, especially, oh my gosh. It's um, a great I have to write list. some of these down and then whittle it down. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, I love The Usual Suspects. I think that one is a killer. Uh, this is why I love the screenplay categories because they usually do a good job. Not always. Eternal Sunshine is a great one. Get Out is a great one. Uh, um, only four. Oh my gosh. Okay. These. Hmm. I do love the apartment. I think the apartment and Pulp Fiction are locks for mine. And then I would say probably Chinatown, honestly, as well. Not to parrot Harold and Maude. That's three. And then while Goodwill Hunting was a fave because of Ben and Matt, I guess I would probably not pick it compared to some of these other movies that are up. Um, <laughs> I think probably Eternal Sunshine, maybe, is my fourth. That would be my fourth. That's a good one. Let me see. I'm up to the 90s. Okay. Um. Oh my gosh. Almost Famous. You're not going for Almost Famous? No, I'm not. Babe. It's fine. I also could pick Danny Hall, honestly, but I know it's canceled now because... Uh, it's I'll fine. Just... You, can, you can still I guess, support the I guess I, would, I guess I would stump for Annie Hall, too. Um. Oh my, I also like... I really liked her. Wow, you did? Interesting. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that was, I, I wasn't hot on a lot of movies that year, but that was one of um, my faves. That I and, watch that again. I haven't seen that in so long. Her? Yeah. Hmm. Probably haven't seen it since it came out. Um, okay. How many do I have here? I need to cut some now. Look at this run of winners while you're, well, I'll vamp while you're doing this. This is the yeah. run of winners in the 70s. And then think about what we got iconic winners. Patton, Hospital, Patty Chayefsky, The Candidate, The Sting, Chinatown, Dog Day Afternoon, Network, 
Annie Hall coming home and then breaking away in 79. That's like insane. What a list. Um, <laughs> How is that real? Like what? I know. And then um, we gave it to Belfast last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to say, like, you look at the la- the recent winners and they're just uh, Belfast, sure. Uh, Promise Young Woman, I think of that list, maybe would be my pick. It's pretty solid. Uh, Parasite obviously is killer. Green Book, I have notes. Uh, Get Out was you know amazing. how I feel about that. <laughs> Get Out was an amazing winner. I think that's an amazing movie, though. I think Us is a better movie. Manchester by the Sea is great. Uh, not my fave in the category, but great. Spotlight, sure. Of those nominees, I actually think Bridge of Spies is maybe better. I am like one of the few hardcore Bridge of Spies stands. Oh, I love it. There's it's not a lot of us. Movie. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, like, I don't think Spotlight is as great as people seem to think, but. Uh, I like Game, Spotlight. Um, I, you know, I love a good journalism procedural, so. The Birdman year, I think there are three movies better than it. Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler probably would have been my winner that year. I love it. I would have voted Nightcrawler. Freaking rules. Uh, her one, I think that's a solid win in the category for sure. Django Unchained, I really liked. So I'm in for that. Uh, love Tarantino. Midnight in Paris. Uh, sure. I, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. It's good. Um, I think of the nominees, maybe Margin Call would have been my favorite to win. King's Speech over The Fighter and Inception. No, sorry to that man. Uh, David Tyler gave a great speech, though. Yeah. Hurt Locker won over Inglorious Bastards. What? No. And The Serious Man. No. Milk won 2008. Juno was a great win, but Michael Clayton is an iconic all-time movie, and Tony Gilroy should have won. No offense to Diablo Cody. Did you whittle down your list yet? Um, I think so. Right before you got to crash. Okay. So, good timing. Okay, so I'm going to do... The Apartment, Network, Eternal Sunshine, and Manchester by the Sea. I love Manchester. Wow. I love that script. I love Kenny Lonergan, one of my faves. Love it. So so, my, so we had Eternal Sunshine and The Apartment together. You would network, I had Chinatown. And then you have Manchester by the Sea, and I have Pulp Fiction. Can't really go wrong. No, all great winners in this category. So... So there you go. Uh, email yeah. slugfest at goldderby.com. Joyce, this is, I think we were closing in on probably Scream 6 length. I think it's like two hours. So have you seen that yet? Not yet, but I'm, we're going Friday night. Can't wait. You know, I'm not going to see it. It's a great movie. What, a, what, what if that's the best movie franchise we have? You can make that argument next week. Let me do our predictions for next year. I'll have that in too. Jonathan Majors or Creed 3, Scream for Best Picture. Let's go. No, probably not. But I love Jonathan Majors in, in, in Creed 3. He was so good. Joyce, uh, that's it. So we'll, we'll be back on Sunday night. Uh, I guess first in a, in a live scenario with our pals at the Gold Derby website. And then we'll do another one on Sunday night after that. And then we'll post that, I guess, Monday morning. Sure. How long is this show going to be? Holy shit. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel was... was like, it's going to be over three hours. Like, duh. I mean, it's definitely going to be very long. It seems like they're not going to really cut any of this stuff. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, I'll, I'll drink some coffee and we'll be up late. Well, we'll 
for sure have some changes to these final predictions. Yeah, we'll do more final predictions. Maybe I'll switch to everything everywhere in screenplay because I'm just like, why not? And then just call it a day. Uh, But Joyce, we'll talk to you later. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.